on Monday, November 12th, 2018, the world lost a visionary. The imaginative world of Marvel Comics lost its greatest face, its greatest icon, the greatest ambassador for comic books as we know it. Stanley Martin Lieber, also known as Stanley, passed away this past Monday. Hello, true believers. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary. And we're here to do uh, just kind of a uh, a quick discussion podcast talking about Stanley. I I was hesitant to do it because everybody's doing so much on Stanley this week, and I just didn't really want to go over you know the same things that everybody's going to say. So we put it out to a poll on Facebook, and you guys unanimously responded, "Yes, we would like to hear your thoughts on Stanley." So it's been an emotional week. I've struggled uh, the past several days. What was kind of your reaction to the news monday afternoon just sadness we just lost someone so (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's one of these things where it's like not you know the biggest shock in the world in the sense of the man was 95 years old yeah i mean it was but yeah it was 95 (laughs) so but yeah it hurts still so it hurts a lot um it's one of these things that would cross my mind from time to time like one of these days i'm gonna check facebook or twitter and you know, um, all of a sudden the internet is just going to blow up and the world is going to stop. And it did. And it's been really interesting and really heartwarming to see just the outpour of, you know, grief, but just admiration for Stan Lee and everybody um, sharing their photos they had with him. Um, we shared ours on all of our social media. You guys probably saw that. And people just sharing different stories they had with Stan. People from you know people from people that knew him very well, and people that met him one time and just had a good experience with him were just sharing these stories. And it doesn't seem like anybody really has a bad one. Um, he was, you know, he seemed like a, just a genuine good person, a really good-hearted person. When we did our creator focus episode on Jack Kirby, I said I I don't think that any one person has maybe had more of an impact on comic books themselves than Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that because mainly because Jack Kirby also did a lot of stuff for DC and created the new gods and everything and that and I meant it more in a little literal term as in affected, you know, comic books themselves, but make no mistake, Stanley is the most important person in the history of comic books for the industry for how people perceive comic books now stanley was one of the first people to make comic books cool he was one of the first people to like in an age where there were no superhero movies and they weren't in the public eye and comic books were very much perceived as like either for young kids or for like people that were losers or that were some kind of geeks or he was the one that was like out there being like embracing it trying to trying to get people to respect the medium and pretty successfully um for a lot of people every comic book publisher i mean obviously he you know he bled marvel and he did a lot of stuff to represent marvel but every comic book publisher owes stanley a great deal of gratitude and debt because he he was an ambassador for the industry even though he was promoting marvel um he brought eyes onto comics as a whole and it's it's really incredible when you talk about the best writers or authors however you want to describe them uh, of the last century i think he has to be there just for the impact and for the longevity of the work that he did 
I think when you talk about, you know, you could maybe put like J.K. Rowling or somebody in there. You know, I mean, I think Stanley is right up there. So, do you have like a not maybe not a first memory, but just an early memory of like when do you when do you think you knew who Stanley was, or do you remember kind of like your first like recognition of who he was? I don't know. No. Honestly, yeah. He's um, kind of in the public consciousness at yeah. this point. Um, I feel like I've always known that he's around. I think probably it would have to be that the Spider-Man movie. Okay. If I if that was my first that that would probably be it. Mm-hmm. So either probably X-Men or Spider-Man. Either one. Yeah. Okay. Whichever one. Probably not X-Men. I don't think that he was in the forefront of X-Men when he was doing cameos, was he? I don't know. Yeah, he was in X-Men. Anyways, I didn't pay attention to the cameos until Spider-Man or so. Okay. The first the first like memory I can really remember of Stan Lee was the um the original PlayStation had a Spider-Man game. Um and he did the narration for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, he did a lot of narration in the 80s and stuff for animated shows that they would do, Spider-Man and his amazing friends and different things. But that was like the first thing you heard in that game when you started the game. Like, hey, true believers, this is Stan Lee. You know, that voice that he had. Yeah. Um, And just all throughout the game is like, well, how's Spidey going to get out of this one? No, I lied. Um, The first time, sorry, I'm going back. Sorry, I'm, I'm backtracking. The first time that I knew who Stan Lee was, was this TV show on, I don't even remember what network, sci-fi maybe, where they were, you had people and they were dressing up as superheroes and they had to do competitions because if they won this competition, then they got a comic book made about their superhero. Okay. That, so, sound, that sounds familiar to me. I don't remember what it's called. But I, 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 I want to say it was called Who Wants to Be a Superhero or something like that. And Stan, Stan Lee was like the judge of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the first time I knew who he was. Okay. I, I have a vague memory of that show. I don't, it wasn't something that I watched, but I remember it existing. Yeah. It's, I, I wanted to say that I would probably know him in Spider-Man, but no, I probably didn't. So, and I'm pretty sure that mm-hmm. that was well after the spider-man movie yeah i want to say that reality show because it was like a reality show yeah um i want to say it was like mid 2000s sometime yeah so somewhere 2006 seven ish maybe somewhere that i know Um, for sure that's when i learned who he was you'd probably be hard pressed to find somebody whose life was not touched in some way by stan lee you know what i mean and that's like that's like pretty incredible um he was someone that like Everybody knows, even people that have never touched a comic book in their life know it's like, oh yeah, Stanley, he's the comic book guy, right? Like he's that comic guy. Yeah. Everybody knew, at least had some idea of who this person was. Like you could ask your grandma and she, you know what I mean? Like any, anybody, like anybody out there, like my parents know who Stanley is and my yeah. parents could give a fuck less about superheroes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the reach that he had. He was the one way before the movie started way before like we live in a time right now where it's really cool to like superheroes and it's great and i love that but there and he, was and a time where it was not cool yeah and you could argue that he's maybe a big reason for that being the reality we live in now but before all that he was the one that was like going on the late night talk shows and appearing places like trying to 
make as many appearances as he probably could to like get the word out about comics. He was the one getting out in front of it, being like, yeah, we write comics. This is really cool. You know, just in a time when that just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Comic books weren't respected, you know, and they're still probably not nearly as much as they should be. Oh, yeah, they're definitely not respected. I feel like there's more people out there that respect them, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of people that are like, "Ooh, you read comic books? That's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't those for kids? Or yeah. aren't those for like 40 year old people that live in their mom's basement? Yeah. You know, that's that whatever. whole, that <laughs> thing still kind of exists. That's not about them. So, um, no. <laughs> but Stanley made you feel cool to read comic books. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really hard because, let's say, it's, it's something that obviously we knew nobody lives forever and this had to come someday, but this is like the biggest hit that the comic book world could take you know what i mean and it's it's hard because just his impact is going to be really missed his presence i think is going to be really missed because up until the day he was gone he was still doing as many things as he could the last several months he's kind of backed away from con appearances and that because of his health you know, and there was some other stuff going on that we won't get into really. You know what I mean? There was some allegations of, of elderly abuse and stuff. And who knows what if we'll ever find out what was really going on over there. But for the most part, up until the very end, you know, um, he has a he has a cameo in the Venom movie. He has a cameo in the Teen Titans Go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he was still doing things as much as he could. He did his cameo for the next Avengers, so... And Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they. I think they even said they have. I can't remember. They said they have a couple in the bank because there were. I guess they they filmed like five or six of them in one day, um, fairly recently. Mm-hmm. So, which is good because it'd be a little bummer if the Venom movie was his last cameo. Yeah, <laughs> that would bum me out. Yeah. <laughs> um, if it is Avengers Four, that seems like a fitting place to end it. Mm-hmm. Um. But it sounds like there may be some past that. I don't know. See, I, I mean, I guess since we brought up cameos, um, that's obviously one of the things most people would know him for now if they don't read comic books. Mm-hmm. He's the, the guy that cameos in all the Marvel movies. Yep. Um, he's done so many of them now that there's a m- million to choose from. But is there is there one or two that stand out to you, like more memorable ones or more favorite ones that you have? Um, Amazing Spider-Man 2. The, hey, I think I know that guy. No, it was, nope, backtrack, nope, Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, okay. The, the library. library. Okay, that one is hysterical. Yes, and I really liked the Doctor Strange one where he was on the bus. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, I like he, those ones. He's done some really good ones. He's done some ones that are real quick that are just kind of a, hey, I'm here, and then there's other ones that, you know, where he does get to... Uh, kind of a one-liner or you know um i love the one in age of ultron where he's drunk and they're carrying him out and he's mm-hmm. like drunk he's like excelsior or whatever yeah and he's like they're he's getting carried out of the party at avengers tower um my favorite one though um is in kind of a crappier movie but um, it's in spider-man 3 yeah a lot of people were posting about that one um because and, and we even brought this up recently when we did the was it that bad? You know, we did a whole podcast about that movie. It, it's got to be one of the best ones because I, I'm probably not alone in thinking that, like, I, I most associate Stanley with Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I do, um, too. Even though, you know, it's just a tiny little 
dip in the pond of you know characters he contributed but for me personally i'm i'm always going to associate him with spider-man the most and so right there there's that connection and that's one of the few cameos where it's like stanley talking to his character a lot of times he's either in the background or he's like you know in a shot by himself where he'll say something to another extra or whatever not him front and center in the camera with peter parker you know, and then we get one of his catchphrases where he goes, you know, enough said, and he walks away. That That's just a really beautiful moment to me for him to get to, like, I don't know, talk to his character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Talk to an actor playing his character. But it's still just, like, the symbolism there to me is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, another like, runner-up for me would be <laughs> another crappy movie. I don't know, maybe his best cameos are in the bad movies but in uh fantastic four rise of the silver surfer the very beginning of the movie is reed richards and uh sue's wedding sue storm's wedding and stanley shows up to the wedding and they won't let him in mm-hmm. the bouncer won't let him in and he's like sorry sir you're not on the list he's like but but i'm i'm stan lee and then security comes and they're carrying him out he's like i'm stan lee <laughs> um which is something that happened in the comic that was a joke that uh stan and jack kirby put in the comic and i think it's like issue 50 or whatever when when reed and sue actually get married they they thought that would be funny to put in the comic that stan and jack can't get into the to the wedding they try to show up to the wedding and they're not allowed to get in yeah so i never saw that movie so uh we'll get there okay on the podcast at some point so we had the opportunity to meet stanley once yeah um or we had the opportunity to meet him like two or three times but we we took the opportunity to meet him once uh, we met Stan Lee in 2014, mm-hmm. so four years ago. It was one of those things where it wasn't the first time he had been at a con close to us, but this time when he came, I had you know a similar thought to probably what most people have in a sense of like, you know, hey, Stan's getting older. I don't know how many chances I'll have. You know, we better we better just spend the money. You know, because if if you go to these shows, you know how expensive some of the you know, photo ops can be for celebrities yeah. and this and that. And um, I I don't regret spending a single penny on that picture. Even though it was only for like less than 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, it was really quick. Um, if anything, I'm bummed that we don't have a Stanley autograph now, you know. Yeah. And now we may never get one because they'll probably skyrocket in price. I don't know. He signed a lot of stuff. He did. But just anytime somebody dies, people go, oh, now it's worth a ton. Because he's not signing any more things. That's true. Um, you know, maybe someday we will get our hands on something. Who knows? I would love to have something even if it was just, you know, the most mediocre comic book. If I would love to have something. but A point two grade? I don't I It doesn't have to be graded. <laughs> I would just love to have a Stanley signature at some point. But so we decided to spend the money. And um, I, I can't remember how long we actually waited in line. But I won't, it was it was. More, I remember it was more than two hours. I remember that we waited a long time. It was, yeah, it was two plus hours. Yeah. Um, which from what I've heard from other people meeting Stanley, that might have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they kept it quick because we really didn't get a lot of time with him. No, it was it was only a quick um, photo op, and it yeah. just went okay. Smile, okay, go. Yeah, it was very quick. Um, we did get you know we walked up to him, went to pose for the picture. I did get to hear. Uh, him say uh, he said something along the lines of like man the whole city came out here or something like that 
And just to hear, he had that such a unique voice that's mm-hmm. like, you know, Stanley's voice. So getting to hear that, like, even though he was, I don't even know if he was like necessarily talking to me. He was just kind of saying it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I was standing next to him when he said it. So it's like to hear that come from his mouth to my ear, you know what I mean? It was like, I don't know, kind of a joy. Like, oh, like he's like. He's right there. Like, that's how big he was. Like, that's how big of a person he was, or at least in my own mind. That like takes take the joy like he said something like I heard him speak you know what I mean like that's like how God worthy he is yeah um and you know we took the picture and I did get a chance you know very briefly when we walked away I did get to, I told him you know thank you for everything which is you know kind of what everybody says to him thanks for the childhood or thanks for Spider Man or whatever yeah um you know he didn't you know say oh hey thanks or whatever but I'm I'm sure he probably heard it. Or maybe he didn't. I don't know. But I said it. Mm-hmm. And um, we, you know, we have a nice picture that's, you know, hung up in this very room where we record the podcast. And it's a picture that I, you know, do look at occasionally and maybe we'll look at a little more often now. I looked at it a lot on Monday. Yeah. I love it, too, because I, I, I would never accuse Stan of ever, like, giving, like, a lesser effort or anything. Yeah. But I have seen some pictures, especially recently when his health was starting to go there was some pictures people were getting with him at cons where, you know, he, he looked very tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he just looked not like he didn't want to be there because I, I, I know that he, he loved, he loved being around his fans and that. I just think he was just struggling physically. Um, the picture we have with Stanley, his smile looks very genuine and it's, it's just a really good picture. Like, um, I'm, I'm very proud of that. Yeah. So that's our only experience with Stanley. Um, a lot of people it was have. A good one. It was a great one. Yep, and I would do it again. And I'm glad that we took the plunge when we did. It's like just spend the money. Let's do it. this. Is something that we have to do. Uh, and you know that's what a lot of people have done the last couple of years. And the <laughs> the the reality set in kind of Monday after the news came out when you were looking through social media it's almost like man it's it's almost like harder to find somebody without a stanley picture mm-hmm. um because and w- which is amazing like that shows like the importance this guy had like everybody met him or everybody at least like wanted to and even like coming out from celebrities and stuff like the rock shared a picture of him and stanley lebron james shared a picture of him and stanley yeah like, so it's not even just like, oh, comic book people were fans of Stan Lee. Yeah. It's just, it's a big deal. A celebrity of celebrities. He is. I remember Robert Downey Jr. said one time that he said, you could have a room full of celebrities. He goes, I don't care who's in the room. Biggest people in the world. You got, you know, Brad Pitt, whoever. Uh, A-list celebrities. He said, the minute that Stan Lee walks into that room, he's the only celebrity in the room. He said, that's the kind of impact he even has amongst us. Yeah. You know, because... He said, all of us are fans of, you know, what he did. Because I think everyone can, they can look at him and he created a character that you loved as a child. Yeah, he had so to. So many. He had to have at least created one. like At least one, yeah. And he's such he's such a humble, cla- such a classy dude, such a classy guy, like, and so, like, self-aware of... He, never afraid to poke fun at himself. He never, he never let it get to his head. He never had an attitude like, "Don't you know who I am? I'm Stan Lee." Kind of a thing. Like when, even towards the end, when he would get interviewed and ask questions and questions that he's probably answered a million times about these characters and stuff, he 
he never had the big ego to be like, well, when I created the Hulk, you know, I knew that I had to come up with something good. And, you know what I mean? A lot of times he he he's honest in a sense of like, you know, he'll say like these things were accidents sometimes or it just worked out that way. He he never patted himself on the back. He never was like, what I was truly trying to go for was this, phil-. you know, a lot of times he's like, it just, it was an idea that worked. Mm-hmm. For some reason, people gravitated towards it. Yeah. He talks about how much he like hated coming up with origin stories. He's like, I don't like telling the story before. I just like to come up with the character and I wanted to move forward. He goes, I hated having to come up with a reason for why they have these powers. So with the X-Men, it was like we had this idea for these cool characters. And it was almost out of laziness to be like, well, what if they were just born with them? He goes, it wasn't to do anything necessarily creative. It was more just like... I don't have to explain get the, it. Get that out of the way. And then we can do the stories we want to do with these characters. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, it, it turned into an allegory for civil rights and everything. And that's why X-Men is a book that's so near and dear to people now. But it's, and he, you know, with the Hulk, he talks about, like, I had to come up with a way for the guy to become the Hulk. He goes, I said, I don't know. He gets hit with a gamma ray. What's a gamma ray? I don't know. He said, it just sounded good. He goes, I like things that sounded good. Yeah. Um, he goes, I just, I, I always wanted to just move on to the next thing. He goes, I didn't think anybody was going to question it. It just sounded good to me. It's believable enough. So I, I love that. I love that, like, he was just having fun with it, but he never, like, he never took it too seriously. But at the same time, he believed in what he was doing. It was like a perfect, happy medium. For him so like as far as characters and stuff go we both said that we probably associate him with spider-man the most but um are there some other characters and stuff that stand out to you that like you maybe your top i mean there's no way we're, we can run through any kind of list and we're not even going to try but just for you personally characters that have some sort of a significance to you some of my favorite characters is iron man oh gosh I don't even know. I really like Black Panther. Black Panther's a great character, yeah. And see, whoever would have thought, like, in, like, 66 or whatever the year that Black Panther came out, like, that movie dominated this year. You know what I mean? Who would have ever thought when Stan Lee was like, oh, you know, we should have an African-American character. And he shouldn't be some, like, thug off the street or something like most people would probably do or some sort of a cliche like that that he's you know from the hood or some kind of thing he should be like a king of his own country yeah and you know 50 60 years later it becomes one of the biggest movies of the year what are some of your favorite characters tyler well i have to get spider-man out of the way first because i've said on this podcast many times spider-man was my gateway into comics and he's still one of my favorite characters to this day. Nothing's probably had a bigger impact on my life than that first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Um, that movie was like everything to me. I just, I watched it over and over and over again. I was obsessed. And Spider-Man was my livelihood for a long time. And so, yeah, it's hard not to just completely associate Spider-Man with Stan Lee. But some other characters I've, I think I've said before on the show that uh, I think Doctor Doom might be the best villain in comics. He's pretty close. Yeah. Um, I do love the Fantastic Four. Um, even just in the realm of Spider-Man, like people just think like, oh, who are some of the characters he created? And they just name like the superheroes themselves. Mm-hmm. Like 
he created that whole world. Like he helped co-create all those characters. Like J. Jonah Jameson is a great character. Oh, you know Magneto. What I mean? Magneto, yeah, is is one. Like Aunt May is a great character. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the the supporting characters too. Gwen Stacy. So supposedly the story goes that again, Stanley was like the biggest like sap for his wife. He loved his wife Joni so much. I guess he gave he just gave um a picture of his wife to John Romita Sr. and said, I want her I want to make a character that looks like this. I want the most beautiful character Peter Parker's ever seen to look like my wife. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane Watson, those are great characters. Yeah. You mentioned Iron Man earlier. Iron Man was created off of a like a bet, basically, like uh, to see if he could do it. Yeah. Because in the 60s, everybody was so anti-war. It was in the middle of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Anti-corporation, anti-weapons manufacturer. Stanley said, I wonder if I could make a wealthy white billionaire weapons manufacturer kind of an asshole character and make people like him and he did he did and it was just to see if he could do it um (laughs) and he had and he has a pretty good laugh about that when he you know in interviews when he's talked about it he was just the ultimate salesman the ultimate hype man he could sell you anything the way the way he he was so passionate the way that he would talk about things everything was these big grand words and that's why he liked to use them for all the titles in in the comics and stuff you know it wasn't just spider-man it's the amazing spider-man the spectacular spider-man the uncanny x-men the invincible iron man i think the next person next to stan lee that i can say is that person is um kevin smith kevin smith yeah he is also a hype man big time and he might have learned a good deal of that from stan lee yeah Uh, he just and he he made you feel like you belonged to this group. Stanley was one of the big people that really fueled the rivalry, especially early on. But it, it was always in a friendly way. It was never so much like, oh fuck DC or whatever. But it it was like them playing around with the idea. And to the Marvel people, he really created this tight knit club. It was, you know they had the whole make mine Marvel kind of thing, and it was like. He had a way of speaking directly to the readers being like, yeah, you're a Marvel reader. Like, this is our thing together. All of us together are part of this thing. That just, it just didn't happen like that. Like, like he, he was the first one that made you like proud, I guess. Like, like nobody was like really like proud to read DC for any specific read. You know what I mean? Like they just like, oh, I like Batman or whatever. Like nowadays they are because they've they've you know worked off of what stan had done but like stanley like made it a pride issue like you like you don't just read marvel like you live it like you're you you're proud to be a part of this and he tried to make it like it was the world right outside your door that's why all the he wrote about stuff that he knows that's why all the marvel characters live in new york because he bleeds new york and he lived there almost his whole life until he moved out to california and the only reason he moved out to California was because he felt like he had done all he could do in comics and Marvel wanted to branch out into other media. So they sent Stan out to California so he can start pushing the Marvel characters into TV shows and getting the Lou Ferrigno Hulk show made and getting these cartoons made and getting on Jay Leno or whatever, whoever was the talk show people at the time, Conan. And then or on whatever. Disney's radar. Yeah. 
yeah, years and years later. He so he, he he could sell anything. And it's been really fun watching all the like videos and stuff that have been getting shared this week. Some stuff that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched one just yesterday that was like from like ni- late 90s, mid 90s, where he was on Conan. Um, a young, a pretty younger looking Stanley, you know, 25 years ago or so. Uh, talking about when Marvel was going to do the the Marvel versus DC crossover event that they did in the 90s, the six issue crossover event they did. And he just had that kind of like, I don't want to say like swagger because I kind of hate that word, but it's like he just had that like style, that game to him. Like he's talking about, yeah, we're doing this thing. And um, he's like, you know, we look at it as like the the mighty Marvel universe, you know, crossing over with the, uh, the, the DC guys. And then everybody kind of laughs, you mm-hmm. know. Because it's like he just he, he he plays into the audience's hands so well. He knows what they want, and he always gave it to them. <sighs> just such a personality. I just uh, there's some stuff I think that comes around, maybe not even once in a lifetime, like once in like five lifetimes. I just don't think you're ever gonna see that again. I don't think you're ever gonna see that guy again. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm happy that I was fortunate enough to be able to live through the last third of his life. I mean, but by the time we came around, he had already done majority of the great things he was going to do. So we didn't get to experience it as it happened, but we got to at least see, we got to see Stan Lee, the celebrity, even before like cons were even really a thing. Like when cons were still a thing that were in like church basements and stuff, he was one of the first ones to always be out there. He always, he was like I say, he was a salesman. He was a hype guy. He knew how to sell. He knew appearance was a big deal. He knew that they needed to have. He gave comic books a face when they didn't have one. A real guy, a real guy you could see is. I mean, I don't think you'd really find anybody that like Stanley wasn't the first creator they ever knew. You know what I mean? Before I knew a single comic book artist's name or a single comic book writer's name, I knew Stanley. Same. That's just and I. I'd be amazed if that if somebody had a different one just because he's just so much in the public consciousness and people are going to know. I mean, even if you hadn't really known who he was, there's no way that you hadn't recognized him in all the movies by this point. Yeah. I'm like, oh, who's that older guy that's in all those movies? Somehow you've put it together by now. I'm just, I'm an, it's, it's weird. I've never, I've never taken the passing of somebody I didn't know really hard, you know? There's some stuff that's like, that's a real bummer. Like when Carrie Fisher died, it was like, oh, Princess Leia is dead. That really bums me out. Like, um, but I mean, she's immortalized in that movie and I'll always have her in that movie. You know what I mean? It, but it's like, I don't know, with, with Stan, it, it, if, if he was so much everywhere that I think we all felt like we knew him and mm-hmm. that's what makes it hard. He felt like everybody's cool uncle that be- got older and older that became everyone's cool grandpa, I guess. He's the grandpa you wish you had. Yeah. And so we we all we've all seen him so much and heard his voice so many times that like he he feels like he was a part of your life. And he was through his characters and stuff that he co-created with some of the best artists to ever do it. And, you know, countless interviews. He was, you know, the first one to say that. You know, he's always talked about, you know, had I not worked with people like Jack Kirby and John Romita and Steve Ditko, you know, he like uh the true definition of a co-creation because you know we brought up 
in the Jack Kirby episode, the idea of the Marvel method that, you know, these artists a lot of times would make a lot of the creative decisions. Stanley still had to write the dialogue, and some of the dialogue in those books was some of the best stuff still. How many times have you heard, with great power comes great responsibility? You know I mean, how many t-shirts has that been put on? Like, how many, like, times has that been parodied or referenced? Which isn't even a line, by the way. Everybody else, everybody said, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. That it just works though, yeah, and I don't know if that was something that he just had on his mind, or if that was something that he had heard from somewhere else. I think people have joked around that you know we've like they were happy with like Homecoming that like oh we don't have to sit through another Spider-Man origin story because it's kind of been there done that. But the reason I think that people come back to it is because it just works. Like that origin story is probably one of the best. Because you feel it so much, the whole thing of like, I didn't stop the guy, you know, I was Eric, like he screwed up, he screwed up, didn't stop the guy, cost his uncle his life and stuff. And this whole idea that this burden on this person that, you know, exactly what it is with great power, it's, it's, if you have the ability, you now have an obligation to live up to that standard, to use that ability to, you know, the best of the ability to do so, like you you have an obligation to help people because that's like what good people do. And Stanley used every, he lived that like he lived the, with great power comes great. He, he had the power and the gift to write and the gift of imagination. He used that and felt responsible to give the people what he thought they needed and stayed true to that Stanley persona all the way up until the day he died because people looked at him like an icon. People looked at him as a hero for what he had done. And you never really heard about Stan Lee in some kind of a scandal or some kind of a, you know what I mean? He like, he, I think he carried that weight that he knew what people's image of him was. And like, had he ever gotten like in some serious kind of trouble or something? Like imagine what that would have done to people. You know what I mean? Like not to get like too like doom and gloom or whatever, but like, look at like Bill, like someone like Bill Cosby or whatever, like how many people loved him. And we're not going to get into that whole thing, but just like imagine if like Stanley had, you know, had something like that. Like he carried that weight all the way to the end. Just, there's just not, you're just not going to see that again. I don't think he had his beliefs and he, he stuck to it. You know, all the conversations of, and we even did a whole podcast on, you know, should comics be topical? Should comics be political? Stanley was one of the first ones, the very first ones to be like, this is important. You know, to have a whole back section of your of the books of Stan's soapbox, him literally getting on his soapbox and being like writing these little letters, talking directly to the readers in the back of the books going, hey, racism is terrible. Like, don't be an asshole. <laughs> and talking, using the X-Men as an allegory for this and using, you know, all these different characters using a character like Tony Stark, Iron Man, to like get an idea of seeing war from another side and stuff like he and silver surfer he would use to like be philosophical and talk about like oh look how terrible these people of earth are they have this beautiful planet yet they pollute it you know yet they do these terrible things he had what he thought was important and he put those through to the characters and that made them feel real they felt like real people you could know and that's why during that period, Marvel's, you know, it was the Silver Age, but I mean, Marvel's Golden Age, really, the 60s and 70s, like, 
That is why they outperformed DC. That's why a lot of, a whole generation grew up as Marvel kids. Because Stanley created characters with flaws. And it, it, it like, you know, what is it? Like high tides raise all ships. You know what I mean? Like he made DC better because DC had to change the way that they do comics or, or else they were just going to get buried behind Marvel. Because for a long time, characters like Superman and stuff and Batman were very like, they had one voice and they were very monotoned and, you know, this is good, this is bad kind of thing. And they just, they when which was fine. That was just the style that they were back then. But then Stan Lee wrote people as real people. Spider-Man messes up. You know, the first family of Marvel, the Fantastic Four, like Reed Richards is kind of an asshole and he messes up constantly. But Sue, Johnny, and Ben can't quit. Like, they can't leave, kick him out of their lives because they're all together in this. And they struggle together. And they fight amongst themselves almost more than they fight any villain. Like, you just didn't see stuff like that. So, I mean, I could ramble on forever. Um, and I guess I've pretty much said all there is to say. And, you know, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking or something that most of you probably didn't already know. Or you probably haven't heard from somebody else by this point. He is the most important person in the history of this medium that we love. And he probably will forever be the most important person. Because like I say, you're, just, you're never going to see that again. And um, the time of this recording, Stanley's funeral was today. Um, he was you know, laid to rest today. And you know, whatever happens after this, whatever kind of beliefs you have or whatever um i just i hope he's resting easy and i hope that i hope i'm i hope that he knows how much he meant to people i do think that and he always seemed gracious a lot of people always say how much they put their fans first or how much they loved it but he was one of the ones that really made you believe it i really think that he loved being stanley he loved being the guy that created spider-man and the hulk and daredevil he loved being the guy that people wanted to take pictures with so i just i hope that it's it's our job now if we're talking about you know power and responsibility it's our responsibility now and i don't think it'll be hard but it's it's our job to make sure that stanley lives forever which he did a good job of ensuring that himself by creating characters that are going to stick around forever he's He's probably the closest thing to like a Walt Disney since Walt Disney. You know what I mean? He's just, he will always be that name. You're always going to know Walt Disney. I think Stanley is right on that level. So, um, Mary, is there any other just last kind of thoughts or anything on Stanley that you want to want to leave with? I, I hope that he's resting well. And, um, I hope, I hope. Um, this was at least, you know, somewhat entertaining to listen to. I've, I felt like this was good for me just to kind of get some stuff out. I've been, you know, thinking about this all week and just in my own head and trying to process this myself. So, um, I guess if nothing else, this was good for, good for me, but we move forward and, you know, I say it's, it's something that we were all, we all thought we were ready for until it happened. And, you know, it, Steve Ditko just passed away a couple months ago. We lost both creators of Spider-Man within like a three to four month span. And they created Doctor Strange together too and countless others. So it, it's just the those the people of that time are just in that age gap now where, you know, Len Wein passed away, Bernie Rison passed away. It's just, it's not going to stop. It's never going to stop. But this was the one that 
I think most people are going to take to heart the most. So this this podcast is dedicated to Stan, and we're going to miss him so much. And I guess, you know, now's as good a time as ever for uh, Enough Said on that. And um, we, we will have a normal episode of the podcast this week for you guys, which will probably be up the same time this one is. So this was just kind of a on-the-fly recording here. But uh, uh, back to your normal, you know, programming, I guess. After this, but um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if anybody out there has a Stanley story or a Stanley picture or anything, if you probably haven't already shared it already, um, send those our way because I'd love to see any of them or read any you know experiences that you guys had or even just you know what Tweet are at us. Yeah, we're Fortress of Comicude everywhere on social media. Who are some of your guys's favorite characters that Stan worked on, co-created? Um, and that's it. That's going to do it for us here. So, um, Excelsior. Excelsior. And, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you around.